All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. 
Shall I get the applause? Sure. Happy birthday to this guy. Wayne Gretzky turns 99 or something. (laughs) Yeah. People have asked us to remake that picture, actually. So maybe one day. With me and you? Well, it'll we'll have to be solo shots unless he has one with mess. Then we'll figure it out. But yeah. for now, is, is that is that like an ad or what is that picture? Just for fun? You know what? I doubt it was just for fun. <laughs> this doesn't seem like he's wearing Adidas shoes and holding skates and he's wearing Adidas yeah. shorts. So I'm assuming it's an Adidas ad. Nike ad, yeah. Adidas ad. <laughs> Adidas ad. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, God, that hockey game last night was annoying as hell. At least the chat, I like that, you know, maybe because we start the show at noon, like if this was, if this was a morning show, I think people would be a little bit more pissed off. Um, But, you know, you've had a couple hours to calm down. We're in a good mood because Jay just came in and said he's ordering the whole office oodle noodle. Yeah, that was nice. I contemplated between the butter chicken mac and cheese Mm -hmm. because that is delicious, but I went, ultimately went with the Tokyo Blaze. Glaze. Glaze. I'm... Don't go to Oodle Noodle often, but it is right at the top of my street. And every time I go, I'm stick with what I got. Stick with what I know, Tyler. Why not? It's that by I went, I went off your back today. So if it's, I'm sure it'd be awesome. So we're going to get into our three big things brought to you by Montana's in a second. But first, I want to see what you're all saying in the chat. Austin says seven, one and two in our last 10. But with that being said, very tough loss last night. Saturday's must win going into the break. Chris Walkling losing sucks. But I've seen tweets and people acting like the sky is falling. Mm-hmm. Seems like an overreaction. Let's see how they play on Saturday. And I am really intrigued to see how this team responds on Saturday against the Hawks. Because the Oilers have made a habit of losing to bad teams. Granted, yep. Waz pointed this out on Twitter. He says, by his math, they're eight and three against the bottom teams. Okay, that is still pretty good. They're, those losses are frustrating in the moment, but they do kind of happen to everyone throughout the season. The only downside is, again, the Oilers are in the middle of a really tough playoff race, and these are points we were counting on. Were we probably foolish to expect that they were going to go on this run of 13 games against weak teams and just go 13-0? and Yeah, probably. And at the end of the day, they picked up a point. And if the Oilers win against Chicago, come out of the break, win a couple times, and they go 10-0-1 on this stretch, we're all going to be really happy. But in the moment, it's frustrating. Yeah. Derek Ryan, Zach Hyman, the only ones to find the back of the net as well. Yeah, I think you, you look at it, right? And you, it's obviously a disappointing loss. So you, do, well, you want to beat the team that's in last place. But at yeah. the end of the day, Columbus does, to their credit, have some ability to mm-hmm. score goals. And Corpusello played really well last night. He robbed Leon That's save on tries. That's save of the year. Yeah, they, they obviously scored not so long after too. So yeah. it kind of canceled each other out. But the end of the day, like they're not going to win every single game. They got a mm-hmm. point and they played terribly. They were very flat. There wasn't a lot of, it didn't feel like there was a lot of energy out there. And it's just not a lot of like, there was the first opening 10 minutes or so, you were kind of like, okay, well, yeah, he gets his chances. I think he had two good ones. Yeah. I think it was McDavid had a good one. You're like, All right, here we go. And then you kind of grow into a little bit more and not working as well. So yeah, I think it is what it is. I'm trying to be optimistic about it. You got a point at the end of the day. Yep. Rusty says tough loss, but seven, two and two in January, a win on Saturday puts us at seven fifty for the month. Yeah. hundred percent flute is in says, I'm not surprised at all. This happened just so Oilers and he throws in a daily reminder to like the video. If you're watching on the nation network, YouTube hammer that like button, our friend Tyler's in the chat. We have been calling him Tyler Mulek all season. We went to Montana's with him yesterday for our listener lunch. Mm-hmm. And he said, it's Mulek. Mulek. Tyler Mulek said like a cat, not a cow. There's a cow called him. Oh, a moo. Yeah. 
but it's Mulek. Tyler Mulek is in and says, are Sam Lafferty and Jonathan Taves staying in town on Saturday? Huh? Oh, look at this. Aaron has the nice photo oh, of all of us nice at Montana's in which Frank said, I look like a real skinny prick. <laughs> Seems rude. <laughs> Montana's was delicious. It, it was. I had the all you could eat ribs. You had the all you could eat ribs. Tyler Mulek had the all you can eat ribs. Adam had the all you could eat ribs. What did Jay get? The chicken sandwich. Chicken sandwich. That's a good time. Let's get into our three big things brought to you by, as you can see on the screen there, Montana's, where their comfort menu is out now. Jay had the chicken sandwich. Look great. They also have daily deals like all you can eat ribs on mm. Wednesday. Here's the comfort menu. Delicious. Ooh. That mac and cheese looks good. That's probably calling my name one of these days. I'm looking at the ice cream too, the dessert and the bottom I, right. apple crisp. Oh yeah, that yeah. looks good. I can't go, on my screen. I can't see what it says, but it looks looks great. Looks great. Three big things brought to you by Montana's Montana's.ca to find a location near you. Number one, I'm going to get this out of the way early. Why are we booing Johnny Goudreau? Why do we give a shit? I, yeah, I thought that was weird too. Yeah, who cares? He didn't play for the Oilers. I, anything we should have applauded him. Because he gave us a power play. Leon or Aaron, roll the tape. This was also weird that Johnny was this mad. Like, I don't even know what happened here. Johnny Goudreau chooses now game 49 of the regular season when his team's in last to play with physical bite. Yeah. Odd. Anyways, Oilers got a power play out of that. Johnny Goudreau was an angry guy. Um, <laughs> don't get it. I was going to make another joke there, but I'm not. Uh, so that's my first big thing is I don't understand why we were booing Johnny Goudreau. That was weird. The cross check was unnecessary, but whatever. Uh, second is just so flat, Liam. Just so, so, yeah. so, so flat. Yeah, it was a shame there was such a big gap between the game against, like, obviously Vancouver on Saturday to Wednesday. Like, I feel like this game was maybe even Tuesday that might have been a bit different, but like, there's only so many days you can practice, right? They definitely lost a bit of mojo from that streak, but they played poor and they got a point. So be optimistic about that at least. Still gain traction in the standings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just, they couldn't complete two passes in a row. Mm -hmm. Try said it was brutal in his own end last night. There was a ton of really, really bad turnovers in yeah. that one. I just, it didn't make sense. Um, yeah, Daniel Nugent Bowman saying it hasn't been a banner night for Leon Drysaddle. He was frustrated. I know Ryan Rashog pointed out one shift where Drysaddle like just got on the ice. The Oilers went offside, and after a twenty second shift, he went right off. Didn't even look to see if Woodcroft was sending a new line over. He went off, and like when McDavid rarely McDavid has less off nights than Drysaddle to be yeah. clear, but when he does, you know he'll still have a rush or two, right? Like he'll have something. He'll still skate hard. When Drysaddle isn't feeling it. I don't know. I'm not going to pile on the guy because it's one game and he's a top five player in the NHL and he's been great this season, second in the league in scoring. But it's just like, you know, when things are going bad for dry settle and it's apparent. And yeah. I think the issue, sorry, just to finish my thought, the issues in his game were the issues for the whole team. Couldn't make a pass sloppy in their own end. Look disjointed coming in over the rush offensively. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, if he had scored that goal, right, they got robbed on, we might be talking about it a bit differently today and able to capitalize on something. But yeah, like, it's just very different, right? Because McDavid is always full of energy and mm -hmm. flying. And sometimes Dry Silo just has that, like, slower style to his game. So maybe that's what makes it a bit more apparent. But yeah, like, you know, this guy performs like 75% of the, not 75%, probably 95% of the time. So yeah. I'm not too concerned about Dry Silo happens coming back from that injury still a little bit who knows if that's lingering on him a bit so i think we'll see a better edmonton Oilers performance on on saturday against the chicago blackhawks yeah hawks rolling into town on the weekend so my second big thing like big guns didn't really have it they looked flat 
you'd love to see McDavid and Drysaddle just win that game in overtime, and we're sitting here today yeah. laughing, right? That's life, I suppose. You lose to the Columbus Blue Jackets. I, Stuff happens. I had a question about the overtime goal. I don't know if we have that, and if we don't, it's okay. Did you think there was a pick? If you watch it, and I didn't notice this live, but I watched the replay, and Johnny Gaudreau somewhat throws a bit of a pick on Ryan Nugent Hopkins, which gave Kent Johnson a bit more space. Kent Johnson did dummy him a little bit, but there was definitely a collision in center ice there. Uh, uh, sorry, in the center of the slot, whatever it's called. And yeah, I don't know. It would have been a tough one, I guess, to call, but I'm not questioning it. I don't think the others deserved all the two points, but I don't know. It was something I noticed in the game. I, if you saw that in the chat too, let us know. Cause I'm curious. Maybe I'm just out for lunch. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I think in three on three OT, there's also a lot of that stuff, right? Like yeah, it's just, it's such probably. a possession game. I didn't love the way the Oilers played that overtime at all. I thought a couple of the shots they took, like for me, three on three overtime is not when you throw pucks on net. Yeah. You, when you shoot, you better have like a, a yawning cage. I think it's one of those situations where you try to pass that puck into the net or you only shoot if you have a clear cut grade A chance. And the Oilers weren't doing mm -hmm. that. And then they gave up possession. So I just would have, again, rather seen them take a bit of a different approach there, but the big guns were off. That's the overwhelming kind of point here. Number three is I am going to, uh, I'm going to do my best to pull some positives. Derek Ryan, Alberta golden bear. Yep. Finds the back of the net. This guy's up to seven goals on the season. He scored all seven of his goals at home as well. Um, the former U of A Golden Bears, Bob Stoffer says seventh of the season. Noah Philp, former Golden Bear, scored his seventh of the season for the Condors. I like it. I like it. You know I'm a University of Alberta kind of guy, play-by-play -play voice of the Golden Bears. Um, so it was nice seeing Derek Ryan score. He's been quietly effective this year. Gives them the right shot center, kills penalties, and chips in with some offense. Yeah, I like Derek Ryan. I think it's been... Uh Obviously, there was some talk about him going on waivers and stuff like that yeah. at some points in the year. And I, I get it. Look at him. He's like, he's a veteran player, right? But he contributes to this team and he's got a little bit of flair to him as well. Like, you saw that goal there. It's a good finish. Yep. How many times have we seen Warren Fogle go one on one and miss the net? If Warren Fogle could score on breakaways, he'd be an $8 million player. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I like Derek Ryan. Like Derek Ryan. I guess, um, yeah, much like Derek Ryan. My side of things, you're a U of A guy, I'm an AJHL guy. Dylan Holloway and Nick Blankenberg were Okotoks Oilers teammates, ah. and they played against each other for, for the first time last night. So shout out to those two guys, too. There you go. Uh, the other positive I'm going to pull is Philip Broberg was their best defenseman last night. Yeah, he had a good game. You don't have to agree with it, but it's facts. Straight mm -hmm. facts. Philip Broberg, when he was on the ice at five on five in that hockey game, the shots were 10 to one for the Edmonton Oilers. And you're going, well, he probably started all his shifts in the offensive zone. He had 17 shifts at five on five in that hockey game, Liam. Mm -hmm. One of them in the offensive zone, one in the defensive zone, one in the neutral zone. 14 shifts started on the fly for Philip Roberg. That is a wildly impressive night from a relatively inexperienced defenseman. He helped out on the PK, played over a minute and a half shorthanded. Guess how many shot attempts the Blue Jackets had when that guy was on the ice? Uno. Ooh, one. That was close. You thought zero. All three. Or three. You left your say open for interpretation. Why not? <laughs> Philip Broberg got a monster game last night. And we're going to talk to Frank a little bit about this because we've hit on it throughout the week. I think he might be changing their deadline plans. Yeah. I mean, he's clearly gaining trust with the coaches now. And maybe this is what they knew all along. And we were just kind of waiting to see what happened. Right. So I believe in Philip Broberg. I think he, like you said, he had a good game last night. It's been like a few weeks now where he's been, even when they were like on when they were losing games, I yeah. thought he was still playing well. So it's a, it's a credit to see why he's come now. Yeah. 
hundred percent. We're going to get to Frank Saravalli in just a second here. Uh, yeah, actually, no, I think he's ready to go. That's our three big things brought to you by Montana's Montana's.ca. Frank Saravalli's appearance is brought to you by Star Mechanical, one of the top new home plumbing installers in Edmonton, the number one plumbing and heating company in Edmonton. If you need emergencies, 780, you can see it on the side of the truck, 780-481-8873, starmechanical.ca. Experienced and qualified crews as Frank Saravalli snuggles into the sports closet studio to talk a little uh, trade deadline. First off, how you enjoying Edmonton? Love being in the Hawaii. Did you get your oodle noodle order in? No, I didn't. No, no. We're going down to the ring. We've got important business. Are we allowed to say what we're doing? Uh, I think we can. Uh Uh-oh. Frank and I are heading down to the arena to have a one-on-one with Zach Hyman. Yeah. It's uh, the new Frankly Speaking show that we launched on Wednesday. If you haven't seen it, check it out wherever you get your podcasts. First interview was with former Oilers coach Todd McClellan. And now uh, Zach Hyman is next up. So... Looking forward to talking to a really smart and engaging guy who's got lots of off-ice interests. There you go. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Why does Pat Bavik keep coming to Edmonton with his games? What does he want? Does he just like Edmonton? Yeah, what is... is does he, he like McDavid? All? I actually don't know the answer. I didn't... Hmm. I didn't even know that he's been coming to Oilers. He's been to three this year. He came last week. He was here the other week. So Pat Verbeek is a, I'll say this. I don't, and I don't know the answer, but he is a classic scout grinder Mm. rink rat. Mm. And it's actually, I've been really curious to see how his transition to GM would be because he's so used to being in the rink and going and doing that. I was wondering how he would handle the rest of the job, which is being around your team a lot, making decisions, you know, sort of managing the group. And there's been less of that and more scouting, which I think has been yeah. important. That said, I wonder, um, Cam Fowler. To the Oilers? His, I, no, I tra- his no trade list, you'd imagine, is. It's it's small. I believe it's four teams. Um, yeah. But that's the only guy that I can sort of piece together at the moment that makes any sort of sense. I just don't think from the conversations that I've had with people around the Ducks that they're – they're not actively shopping 
Cam Fowler. But I think if the right deal came along, they'd be interested. And I think what really makes sense is the term, right? Like mm-hmm. I think it's a reasonable cap hit. Some people might argue and say Cam Fowler is, if he's not past his expiration date, then he might be soon. I think he's got plenty of game left. And I also think about the heavy lifting that he's done on that Anaheim Ducks team, which basically has three bona fide yep. defensemen that are NHL caliber players mm. and then a bunch of filler pieces. So is he going to other NHL teams? Do you know, or is it just, I'm sure he is. Yeah, I, I just, okay. I, I haven't kept tabs on his schedule, but it's just been interesting that yeah. you've noted him here a few times. It's been four yeah. times now, I think three or four, three or four. He yeah. was twice on the road earlier than he was at that game the other yeah. day. Um, I want to take this time because we've talked about a lot of demon the Oilers could target. And I feel like there are some misconceptions about certain players on the market. People hear Vlad Gavrikov and they go, whoa, big Russian. He's probably mean and super physical and all this. He's not a physical D-man, right? Like, so give us the report. You want to take opportunity to shit on all the other defensemen. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm just saying, like, we see people okay. in the chat. Or yesterday, the big thing was Dumba, but we can touch on him yeah. in a bit. But, like, Vlad Gavrikov, what is he as a defenseman? And is he a fit for the Oilers in your eyes? So, he's a simple defender, is what I would say Vlad Gavrikov is on a... True Stanley Cup contending roster, like think back to the Lightning a few years ago. He's he's fulfilling that spot that David Savard was in. Third pair guy, steady playing fourteen to seventeen minutes a night on a team that's more thin on their blue line. He's probably a second pair guy. Ideally, you'd like to get him in that third spot. He's not physical. He's ninth on his team in hits and 274th in the league in hits. And you could say, oh, well, this, the hits counts. They vary arena to arena. Not that much. No. Not to the point where you're tied with Sidney Crosby in terms of hits thrown. <laughs> so not physical. And he's very simple. He's not going to wow you in any sort of aspect of his game. I did a full breakdown. I've watched every shift that he's played this season on dailyfaceoff.com as part of our deadline countdown series. Gavrikov was a few days ago, but he's someone that I think is a valuable addition that could make your team better. But I also don't know that I'd be running out to re-sign him either because I think the team that you hear the asking price is somewhere in the $5 million range on an AAV. Like That's a pretty expensive addition if you're going to try and extend him. So it's going to be expensive to get him, and then it's going to cost something else to extend him. So unless you're just keeping him for the playoff run, Maybe that's a different story. Interesting. Do you yeah. think play teams are wanting more picks or prospects? We were kind of talking about this on Oilers Nation Radio. In where terms of the rental depends market? Depends on yeah. who you are. Well, the yeah. thing, like last year, Peyton Krebs was like the biggest prospect move. But that was early in the Eichel that was deal. Early. That was even and a deadline was move. The, what was the guy's name in the, the Boston deal? Erho Vakanen? Yeah, but like Vakanen. people Vakanen. are talking about like, Broberg has to go. Holloway has to go. Like it just doesn't seem like a few others want to go out and get a big name. They have to give up that. I think. I think they do their shopping. Yeah, I don't think they. I I would say if you were to take um, the players that they're interested in moving, like Holloway and and Broberg, would be at the bottom of the list. I, I ranked them in order, I believe, in my Oilers deadline playbook that was also on Daily Faceoff earlier this week. I think Xavier Burgo is is. Someone that I think they'd move in the right deal. Um, but I think the guys that they have that are NHL ready, that's who they'd like to keep. 
Yeah. And I also think that if you want to, obviously we want the Oilers to go all in and spend the picks, do all this, load up this year's team. But there is a part of Holland that has to keep an eye on the future and having Holloways and Brobergs and Borgos. He's conservative by nature. Yeah. Everyone's Mm -hmm. seen that so far in Edmonton. He's not rushing out to move those. And you need to be a consistent cup contender, a team that can consistently go deep. You need guys who can contribute on their ELCs or second contracts. And you don't get a chance to see what Holloway and Broberg and Borgo can do on their second contracts if you're just burning them at every deadline and throwing them out the door. And to be fair, they really haven't, right? They've actually been pretty good about that. Maybe outside of the expenditure for Athanasiu. Yeah. And that was Ken Holland's first deadline with the Oilers. Yeah. But then who also saw the pandemic coming? Like, you, yeah. I don't know that it's fair to even hammer him on that because did we see a seven-month break coming? Like, you didn't even get the rest of the regular season with him, really. Mm-hmm. And then you're right into the bubble five games out of the shoot and you're out. Yeah, I agree. I think it's unfair to judge any general manager on that time. Like, the season was completely off. Like, it's how a can waste. you judge it? Yeah. And, and then, you lose two seconds for that. that yeah. And it I, hurts. I think for people to say that Ken Holland won't be active, like he's literally made a move at every deadline he's been with the Oilers. Like he's going to try and improve this team. I feel like that's very obvious. Yeah. Say. I think the, the question is how big, Yeah, how big of a swing does he take? And honestly, I can tell you that the Oilers being at their pro scouting meetings in Vegas this week, that's what they're debating internally. It's like setting their list of here are the targets that we have And I think the truth is they're really interested in some peripheral moves that they think might help put their team over the top. The penalty killer in a Sam Lafferty or the guy that has uh, some physical edge and, and could, you know, can skate a bit in, in Zach McEwen in Philly. Like they've got a list of guys. They've got the sort of expensive high price toys. They've got the lower end guys and they're trying to figure out what kind of balance they want to strike. (laughs) 